All right. Well, again, good, good afternoon again to all of you. Again, praises to God who does all things well. I'm shifting up just a little bit. Again, we're thankful to God for all of you uh, that are with us on the day. Again, we are thank God for life, health, and strength. And for all of you that are with us now, do us a favor real quickly, like and share. Uh, like and share if you would please. Again, I'm flanked again by Reverend Cameron who has joined us on again today and we're thankful to him. We've got some of our prayer warriors here, Sister Blanche Williams and others. Again, are with us in the building on today. So again, God be praised for all that he's done. Again, take a moment to like and share this hour of prayer. A couple of things before we do that. Ask that you pray for the Studevin family, uh, Brother Box family, uh, Sister Mildred Land family. Uh, to my knowledge, all of them have lost loved ones. Uh, even as we speak right now, Sister Studevin is uh, in a service Again, reflecting on the life of her sister. So we're praying for her. Let me thank all of you that helped out, uh, making sure that we were able to cater, minister to them during this past week. So again, thank God for your, for your spirit, your servant spirit. Again, we thank God for you. Thank God for all of you that attended our state of stewardship meeting. Um, as you can see, uh, it was a great meeting. Our stewardship is well. We thank God again for your fellowship, your faith, and confidence in us as we continue to do the work of God. We certainly appreciate that. Um, and again, we thank God for the progress that we've made. Is there still work that needs to be done? Of course there is. Uh, anytime you're doing uh, this type of work, um, and, and you know like I do, even at your own personal house, there is always something that needs to be fixed, something needs to be painted, something needs to be gone back over. So all of those things exist. That's the same way it is with ministry. There's always something that can be upgraded, etc. So again, we thank God for you. Hey, uh, again, uh, five-star kudos to everyone um, that supported uh, the church in a park service. Um, it was a great day from start to finish. Um, the numbers were outstanding, and again, we thank God. Uh, at the end of the day, as I told you at the onset, the purpose of this was evangelistic in nature. That was our whole motive. We weren't trying to outdo anybody, outdo anything. We wanted to get outside of the four walls into the community. In this instance, we got into our own fishing pond. And God sent some fish our way. So again, we thank God. Eight individuals accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of their lives. One was even here Wednesday for the State of Stewardship meeting. And so we're looking forward to seeing all of them Sunday. Um, I always say this, and I hope you'll get the phrase. Um, we had a whole lot of onlookers. And onlookers are those that are here and they're looking on because they have an interest. We had a lot of them that were there saying, hey, don't be surprised if you don't see me show up Sunday. So you take that with a grain of salt. Uh, you say, okay, you hear it. Some will come, some may not. But either way it go, the message was impactful. It was relevant, and we thank God for that. Thank God for everyone that helped that prayed, that served, whatever you did that day, again, we want you to know we are appreciative for all that we do. Pray for our nation. Uh, you see all the things that's going on. Uh, our president uh, is ill right now. Uh, we're still dealing with the January 6th event of last year um, or this year. Um, and so, again, we're asking you to pray for our nation. Uh, there's so much division. It's not like it just started. It has always been there. So just continue to pray for our nation, pray for our state, uh, pray for our city as a whole. Again, I want to keep that in mind. Uh, all this week, the park has been closed after 1 p.m. Uh, there is a good chance it is going to be closed again today because the temperature will be above 85 degrees. And so if it is above 85 degrees, I want you just to note this, that if it's above 85 degrees, the park is automatically closed. All right, just an FYI, there's too much of a risk to have kids out in that type of weather um, or individuals. And so, again, we want to make sure that we're not culpable uh, for something that would happen because we did that. So, again, I want you to keep that in mind as we go forward. Uh, Sunday, again, we'll be back in service. Uh, again, I want you to be aware of that. Next Sunday evening, uh, Deacon Tatum will give his first sermon uh, again, we're looking forward to that. Uh, starting that night, 
uh, Wolverine starts its annual session. It'll go on throughout August the 7th, which is that following Saturday. Uh, I will be giving my address on that Tuesday. And again, you know my buzzword, all hands on deck, meaning I need to see you. Um, if you can be there on that Tuesday, they've got uh, four or five classes going on in the morning and in the evening, which I think are very good classes, got some great, very good teachers. The women will be doing their thing. The laymen will be doing their thing. Um, so you don't want to miss it. It culminates the following Saturday uh, with a youth event, and some of that will happen in the park. All right. The following Saturday after that, August the 13th, uh, Mr. Maurice Assey, America's first African-American grand chess master, will be in town. What an honor. Um, I was speaking with him on the day. He's excited to be here that day. I'm excited to be with him again, just to have this honor to be with this person that is a person uh, of African descent. That is the first one in the entire country. That's quite an honor. So certainly I want to make sure, you know, I get a photo op with him. He'll be signing some books. We got some of those. You want to keep that uh, in nature uh, or keep that as part of your uh, life's uh, treasures. Again, again, we thank God for him being with us. So those are some of the things that's going on. Uh, right now, again, as the summer continues to evolve, uh, we look forward again to the other ministries opening up over the next month or two. Starting Sunday, you should have a synopsis. Um, they will be on the, in the foyer on the desk of the classes that we will offer in September. They won't necessarily have teacher names on it. Those are irrelevant. It'll just tell you the classes and what we expect to cover, what will be covered in the class. And uh, again, it'll have a brief little sign-up sheet. You can start signing in so that we kind of know what the numbers will be for the classes. Okay? So those are some of the things that's going on over the next month and a half or two months. Uh, again, uh, everything we do, we do, again, with you in mind as we try to love, grow, and serve the purpose is to have you active, okay? All right. So today, um, in our Facebook prayer on today, uh, we're always praying to God and asking God, what are some things that we need to continue to work on, continue to help you ponder, reflect on, change, etc.? And today is no different. Uh, today, we want to talk about developing a worshiping spirit, Developing a worshiping spirit. And one of the things, uh, can we do, we, do we have another mic that we can make available? Y'all still working on that. All right. So one of the things that, again, uh, I want to, I again, help us understand, uh, there's a scripture uh, in the Bible, uh, John chapter number uh, 4, verse 2, and this is what it says. It says, you worship, you uh, worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Now watch this. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Why? For the Father seeketh such to worship him. What is God looking for? People that will worship him in spirit and in truth. All right. And then it goes a step further. Jesus goes a step further and says in verse 24 of John chapter four, God is spirit. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. What does God expect from us? Now, why is that critical? It's critical, says Blanche Williams, because God is searching for worshipers who will worship him um, and the question becomes, what does that look like? Well, um, better yet, how do we do more than just sing? Um, how do we actually get into the service? Because I think at the end of the day, singing is great, but we need those things to help strengthen our souls. All right. And I say this most of time, most most often and sometimes because I believe in most churches, our worship, our church experience has become more mechanical than anything. 
All right. Now think about that. Let me say that again so you can hear me. I think most church experiences for most people have become mechanical or a mechanical experience. What do I mean by that? We're just going through the motions. All right. We come to church. We sit in our same spot. Uh, we, you know, most of the time we don't say amen. We won't clap our hands. We've gotten into what we call a church routine. Okay, and it contradicts everything that God tells us to do in the Bible. Okay, so I understand why most people come to church and their lives are not being transformed, their lives are not being changed, and part of it primarily is because they're mechanical in everything that they do. So I want to challenge us to think you know, think, uh, think about the process uh, that we've talked about. I've got a couple ways. I've got about three or four ways uh, that I think ultimately uh, can help us as we strive to become or develop a worshiping spirit. Okay? So first thing I want to do, and, and again, I've got, again, Reverend Cameron here with me, so I, he'll help me with some of this. So, so number one, if we're going to develop a worshiping spirit, number one, we must make a joyful noise. All right? We must make a joyful noise. Now, I, I want to read, uh, I'm going to have Reverend Cameron read uh, Psalm 100, verse uh, number 1 through 5, and I'll read uh, Hebrews 13, 15, and then we'll come back. We'll be ready to pray. So, Psalm 100, line 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Hmm. Come before his presence with sin. Hmm. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. Mm -hmm. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, yes. and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, mm. his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all. Now, now think about this, uh, Reverend Cameron. At the end of the day, the first thing he tells us is, and notice now he didn't say, would you please? <laughs> he says, make, which is a directive. And what does he tell us to do? He tells us to make a joyful noise. Unto who? Unto the Lord. And then, it, then he says, all ye lands. Which means, he means everybody that's on the face of the planet. But in particular, let's be a little bit more direct, everybody in the sanctuary. Make a joyful noise. All you serve the Lord with gladness. Come to church with an attitude of gratitude because your attitude determines your altitude. All right? So when your gratitude, when your attitude is one of gratitude, it increases your altitude. So then he goes a step further and says uh, this in verse 4. He says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. So what is God asking us to do? Come into church with a grateful spirit, a grateful heart, one that is filled with joy, one that is happy. Now, before you kick at it, let me just throw this insert in there because I already get what some of you are going to say. But Reverend, you know, so, you know, I came to church a week or two ago and I had a lot on my mind. My spirit was down. I get that. All right. But what I'm also saying is <clears throat> even though you come that way, you ought not leave the same way. Because if you've been in the presence of God, then, you're, then there ought to be some transformation. We call God the Shekinah glory. When the Shekinah glory shows up, back in the day it was a cloud. When God shows up, something ought to be different about you. All right. And when you're in the middle of other believers who are praising and thanking God, you now have a choice. Am I going to sit here and wallow in my sorrow? Or am I going to get into the spirit? All right. And sometimes most people opt to do B or I'm sorry, uh, A, which is I'm going to wallow. Well, you just wasted your service because obviously you don't want God to transform. Sometimes it's when you when you get in the spirit that God can transform your situation. You can get an answer. And I think that's critical for us to understand. Here's another scripture. Hebrews 13 and 5. Watch this. This is what he says in Hebrews 13 and 5. He said, by him, therefore, let us offer 
See, it's a choice. Let us offer uh, the sacrifice of praise. The, the author tells us you have an option. God says make a joyful noise, which is a directive. Okay? But here the author is also saying it's an option. It's something you, you should want to do. Uh, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continuously. Now watch this. This is the part I want you to get. That is the fruit of our lips. So when you come in church, you've heard me say it a lot of times, you don't have a right to remain silent. He says, from your mouth, you ought to say something. There's another text that says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. All right. So as obvious as it sounds, says Blanche Williams, uh, worship starts by you actually singing. All right. You may not consider yourself to be a good singer, and that's okay. It's not about the quality. It's not about if you're hitting all the notes. All right. It's not about that. All right. Some people don't know if they're if they are soprano or alto or alto or you know tenor or bass, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know what we what we're getting at is it's the attitude of the heart. All right. Um, you, you you should sing. Uh, the words are on the screen. You know, even if you don't know them, you can hum them. You know, you'll get the words if you just start singing them. And when you go to church, strive to actively sing. Don't just sit there like a bump on a log, but get into the song. You know, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. All right, for he is good, for he is good. Your grace and mercy brought me through. I'm living each moment because of you. I just, you know, uh, blessings and glory and honor forever. I mean, get into the song. I mean, make God know, hey, God, I'm thinking about you right now. Because at the end of the day, singing prepares your heart and mind for your God experience. Now, I want to unpack that a little bit at some point, and I will, but I want you to hear what I just said. I did not say a worship experience. I said a God experience. Because when you come to worship, you want to experience God in the worship experience. Make sense? All right, so I'm going to have, I'm going to have Reverend Cameron. He's going to uh, uh, pray over this first thing. We'll come back. We'll get ready for the next one. Let's pray. Father God, Yes. And Father God, we just pray that you would instill inside of our hearts and minds, Father God, to make joyful noise yes. in your presence, Lord God. We pray, Father God, that you would just remove everything that's on our hearts and minds before we enter into the sanctuary, that we can give you glory, honor, and praise. Mm -hmm. So God, we just pray and ask that we will have that receptive spirit of your presence, Lord God. Yes. We can give you glory, honor, and praise as we enter into your presence, God. And so we thank you now, God. Amen. Now, let me go a step further because there again, when you say make a joyful noise, there's nothing wrong with hallelujah. There's nothing wrong with thank you, Jesus. All right. There's nothing wrong with bless your name. There's nothing wrong with Lord, you are worthy. You are awesome. Those are all ways we make a joyful noise. You know, God, you are you are a uh, you are a counselor. I mean, all those things can be thrown out. That's called making a joyful noise. Everyone, everything I just said, everything, Dean Roscoe, everything uh, I just said is a matter of truth. Just see a couple of people look like they're in the front yard there uh, in the front. And so, you know, what we want to do is we want to verify that in everything that we do. We want to make sure at the end of the day, everything we say, it's a statement of truth. God is br a bridge over troubled water. He is water in dry places. And so we want to make sure that we're echoing those things. So all we're doing is just speaking the truth. All right. So when you come to church on Sunday or let me go a step further, even for those of you that are watching us around the country, I mean, and many of you do it. Many of you do it. You do put, you know, information in the chat box so we can see that you are actively worshiping. And, you know, I, I put one of those questions down and I'll ask Reverend Cameron, um, can people worship God at home? Yes, sir. Yes. All right. You know, and, and I think, you know, the thing that we have to keep in mind is there's a scripture and I may have put it on our very back page. Um, it says this, it says, um, it says in Matthew 18 uh, and 20, um, it says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. 
So can you, do you need to be here to experience God? No. You can be at home, but it's about setting the atmosphere. Okay, set the atmosphere. And that means you got to turn some things off. You got to make sure that your atmosphere is there. Maybe have some praise and worship music. I mean, whatever you want to do, but you can set the atmosphere. You can you can praise God all by yourself. All right. I know because I've done it. All right. And I know you can. So so you can worship God. You, you know, when you've got that worshiping spirit, you can bring God into the midst of that by the way your heart is designed. All right. So 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 number two, number one, let me go back. Number one, if we're going to develop a worshiping spirit, number one, we must make a joyful noise. So what am I expecting Sunday? Well, first of all, I'm expecting transparency. OK, I'm not expecting your noise to be just because we said it. I'm expecting your noise to be a reflection of your grateful heart. All right. But not only should we make a joyful noise, but here's something else. Number two, not only should we make a joyful noise, but we should move, all right? Now, what do I mean by move? Well, let me give you a, a couple examples, uh, and, and I'll have Reverend Cameron read from his Psalm 63, verse number three. I'll read the next one, then he'll read the next one, but, but read that one for us. Psalm 63, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Hmm. Thus will I bless thee while I live. Watch this now. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Mm. My soul shall be satisfied mm -hmm. as with marrow and fatness. Mm -hmm. And my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. Did you see that? He talks about that several times. He says, he says, first of all, my lips shall praise thee. And then he goes a step further and says, my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. You see that? But the other thing I want you to see in verse number four, he says, thus I will bless thee while I live. And then he says, I will lift up my hands. Uh, I will lift up my hands in thy name. So what is he saying? While I'm worshiping you, I'm going to throw my hands in the air. All right. Now, that's one example. Let me give you another one. Psalm 134, verse one and verse two. Watch this now. Watch what the psalmist says. He says this. He says, behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Now, watch the next verse. He says this in, in verse two. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary. You see it? Lift your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. In other words, don't sit there like this. Don't sit like a bump on a log. Move a little bit. Put your hand up in there. Now, I'm not saying you need to keep your hand up in there the entire service. What I'm saying is, you know, as you're getting into the service, every now and then, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Uh, just a gentle wave of your hand, okay? Move a little bit. Now, there's a... Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. For the Lord most high is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. He is sovereign. He is everything and then some. Then the summons goes a step further, Reverend Cameron, and says, he is a great king over all the earth. So move means that there again, you can clap your hands. You can rock. All right. You can stand to your feet. 
You can lift your hands in the air. You can throw both up in the air. Sometimes you see people and they just, you know, they're doing like this here. Why? Because they're, again, trying to have that God experience. All right? That's what God wants us to do. So, again, keep this in mind. Your physical posture doesn't automatically dictate the inner position of worship. All right? It's imperative to understand. But it can help point your heart in the right direction. Okay, sometimes, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. You know, I'm just, I got my eyes closed. I'm just got my hand up. I'm trying to get my heart in the right place. There's nothing wrong with that, all right? There's nothing wrong with that. And so raising your hand, kneeling at times, I've seen people on their knees and other forms of movement are tools to point your heart to God in worship. So I, I, I give you permission. You can rock, you can clap, you can stand. It sends a message. God, I'm trying to get in your presence, all right? I'm trying to get in your presence. Lord, I'm excited about you. I'm excited to know you. Better yet, Lord, I'm excited that you saved me, all right? That's worth a throwing a hand up right there every single time. Lord, thank you for saving me. If I do nothing else, I want to thank you, and I'm raising my hand. I, I have no problem wanting others to see me experience God, okay? And you ought not as well, all right? You ought not as well, all right? Come on, let's pray that. Father, we come now. And Father, we're thankful again for not just the ability to make a joyful noise, but to move as well. And Father, we move in our own way. Some people stand. Uh, some people stand with their hands raised. Some people clap. Uh, some people have their arms folded, but they're rocking. But Lord, it's all aimed at trying to have a God experience. And so, Lord, we, we invite you. We say, have your way. We say, Holy Spirit, have your way in every service. Saturate this place with your power, with your purpose, and your presence that we will know we have visited you, that every time you show up, our lives change for the better. When you show up, we can cast our cares upon you. So, Lord, we surrender. When we throw our hands up, sometimes we're surrendering our all. We want, we want, Lord, again, to feel your presence in everything that we do. So we thank you, Lord, for helping us to develop this worshiping spirit because as we develop it, as we transform, as our minds are being renewed, we know that you are in our presence, in our midst, and that's what we're here for. We invite you into this building when we step on the parking lot. Let there be a presence unfelt before that when people come, they can say, did not our hearts burn? We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, hey, so number one, you know, if you're going to develop a worshiping spirit, number one, you got to make some noise. Number two, it's okay to move. But number three, and, and you can help me, number three, uh, Reverend Cameron, number three tells us that not only should we make a joyful noise and we move, but what else should we do? We should get emotional and keep it biblical. Did you hear that? Get emotional and keep it biblical. Let me kind of unpack that a little bit because I, I know you're saying, well, Reverend, what you mean get emotional? Let me help you. Got two scriptures I want to read. Watch this. Um, Psalm 145 and verse number 8 and 9. All right. And then I'm going to have Reverend Cameron read Psalm number 8, uh, verse uh, 3 down through verse uh, number nine. Now, when I say be emotional, let me kind of unpack that a little bit for you. Let me read this verse. Watch this now. The verse says this. It says, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. All right. Now, watch this now. Watch the next verse. All right. The Lord is good to all. All right. And his tender mercies are over all his works. Okay, now you want to tell me that's not, now let me come back and make sure you get it now. One of the things I mentioned in there is the Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. Had it not been for the mercy of God and every now and then it ought to make you emotional to think, you know, I could have been this, but the mercy of God stepped in. All right. It says in there that God is gracious and he's full of compassion. Thank God that God keeps loving me despite me. All right. Thank God that God is gracious. When you start reflecting on those every now and then, it can make you emotional. 
it can make your heart swell up. All right. Sometimes I'll say it like this, Sister Blanche Williams. Sometimes it'll make the hairs on the back of your head. Sometimes you get those goosebumps when you start thinking about the goodness of God. All right. That's what we call emotion. Okay. Sometimes when you start thinking about it, you just want to throw your hand up. And sometimes it just overwhelms you. All right. Now, everything that we're saying is, and I'm telling you to keep this biblical because I don't want to be fake. I want to be based on the word of God. I just gave you a scripture as to why you could be emotional. The Lord is gracious. He's full of compassion. He's slow to anger. How many times have God put up with you? How many times has God put up with me? How many times has God forgiven me? All right. So I learned to be emotional. And emotional doesn't always mean you need to be crying. All right. Sometimes you can just feel his presence. You get overwhelmed. Or as my mother would say, sometimes you just get full of them. All right. All right. Sometimes you just fool. You can't say nothing. You know, sometimes you just throw your hands up. Sometimes you just stand. That's what this experience is all about. Watch this verse here. All right. Watch this piece that Reverend Cameron is going to read. Psalm uh, 8, verse 3 through uh, verse number 9. Watch this text. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars. Now watch this now. Which thou hast ordained. Mm -hmm. What is a man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea. And whatsoever passes through the paths of the seas. Nine, O Lord our God, how excellent is thy name. In all the earth. Amen. Now, did you get that? Now, let me look at it again. Now, he's talking, look now. The psalmist says this. He says, when I consider uh, the, thy heavens, the moon and the stars, the, you know, the works of your fingers. He says, when I consider all that stuff, I start thinking about, first of all, God made me. And then he, he asks a question in the text because he says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Now, think about that. Let that be a reflective moment. God has thought about you. The text says, what is man that thou mindful? Watch this now. And the son of man that thou visited him. Are you hearing me? So, so what is God saying? I mean, what is the summit saying? I'm humbled by the fact that the God that made the heavens and the earth has a relationship with me. All right. That if I call on his name, that he'll visit me. All right. I mean, it ought to just make you get full. All right. It ought to make you humble and yet make you proud at the same time. All right. So when I look at all that stuff there again, he says in there that God made us ruler over the heavens and the earth. All right. That's awesome by itself. And then he goes a step further and says, oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. That ought to make you feel some type of way that this same God saved you. So your emotions are a valid and vital part of your being. Would you agree with that? I'm sure you would. And all the emotions cannot dictate your actions, neither should they be ignored also. All right? And I think that's critical for us to understand. Don't be afraid to engage your emotions and get emotional. Now, that don't mean crying like you're going out of control. That's not what that means. What it means is, hey, sometimes I feel emotional. All right? Sometimes. I mean, and I've done it. I know you've done it. Sometimes I start speaking, and I, I can feel it. Um, and I know that's the presence of God. All right? Because it's all targeted at him. So when I do this, you know, there again, you have to want to worship God in spirit and in truth. So make sure that what you're singing, since you're preaching to yourself, and what you're thinking about lines up with the ultimate standard of truth, which is scripture. So when I'm emotional, 
uh, when I'm when I'm when I'm feeling some type of way, everything is designed based on the word of God. Is God a healer? Hallelujah. Is he a way maker? Thank you, Jesus. Has he been a supplier? You better believe he is. Those are things that I can look back at. I know you can as well. Remember when you was down to your last dime? Remember when you couldn't get your bills paid and, and Jehovah Jireh, all right, Jehovah Rapha came in? Those are reasons why, I mean, the Lord healed. Remember when you was laying on that bed and you was in so much pain and didn't seem like the pain would go away, but God showed up? Sometimes you look back and you, I mean, you get fooled because there again, you are invoking the presence of God. Why? When I consider the moon and the stars, the works of thy hands, let me say it again. What is man? What is me? I know this kind of backwards, linguistical-wise, but what am I that God would visit me? Let alone, what, is I, what am I that God would give me rulership over his creation? And when you think about that stuff, it, it ought to make you feel some type of way. All right. So, again, we're thankful to God. I'm going to have uh, Reverend Cameron. He's going to pray that prayer for me, uh, and then we'll be ready for our next one. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you have put inside of us emotions, Lord God. And we just pray and ask God that you would continue to keep us, Lord God, as we uh, embrace the fact that being emotional is okay if it's biblical, Lord God. And so we thank you. Continue to keep us, Lord God, as we express our feelings, Lord God, as we come into the sanctuary, knowing that it, we are serving you, God, and it's all right. And so, God, we thank you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, again, you know, again, this whole thing is about developing a worship spirit. And I think one of the key things that we have to keep in mind as we go forward is what does your worship look like? All right. Uh, remember the text. Remember the first one I started with in John chapter 4 where it says, They that worship me must worship me in spirit, get this now, and in truth, which means that my worship should not be to impress other people. My worship is not trying to show out. It's not trying to showboat. Uh, my worship is an expression of how I feel about the God that I have a relationship with. The word worship, when you break it down, worship means what is the value? How much do you value what God has done in your life? Better yet, how much do you value what God is doing now? All right? And that ought to make you want to worship God. That's what this whole process is about. Now, for me, new life at the end of the day, I ask you that question because at some point, go back and ask yourself, well, you know, it don't take all that. All right. It's amazing to me, Brother Fentress, it's amazing that people say that in church, but they're the loudest thing at the basketball game, right? They're the loudest thing at the graduation. They're the loudest thing at the party. But it's amazing to me that you can come in in the presence of God Almighty and not say a word. Or you might say one thing and like, okay, I don't say my one thing, that's it. That's why the text says, they that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. So is your worship real? Is it just to impress? What is it? Because understand this, what you don't want to ever do is worship God in vain. Now, I can't tell if it's real or not, only you can. All right, only you can. And I think at the end of the day, God sees and rewards. God sees and he blesses. But there's a, these are very simplistic things that we ought to know, but sometimes we fail to remember them. All right? Uh, make a joyful noise. All right? Move. Clap your hands. All right? Nothing wrong with standing. Nothing wrong with throwing your hands up and serenading God. All right? Nothing wrong with any of that. Being emotional. But make sure it's biblically based. I'm thinking about the goodness of God. I'm thinking about how God loved on me, his loving kindness. I'm thanking God that he saved me, that he saved my life from destruction. I'm thinking about those things, and I am worshiping God in the worship experience. But then fourthly, 
Um, again, one of the things that we need to understand is that as we're doing all this, well, not only should we, uh, again, not only should we make a joyful noise and move and get emotional and keep it biblical, but we should seek God and not an experience. Now, why is that critical? All right? Why is that critical? I said it at the beginning. I want to say it again. It, it's amazing for most people, Reverend Cameron, many people have become mechanical in their worship. All right? But when I'm seeking God, all right, I'm not just trying to come in and just get into, I want to have a God experience. All right? So what does that simply mean? I want to experience the presence of God. And you can do it, listen, we can do it corporately. All right? We can do it corporately. You can do it personally and you can do it corporately. Wouldn't it be nice if everybody had a God experience? All right? I remember when they first consecrated the temple. When the temple was first consecrated, and, and David and all of the above, I think David was still around at that time, they entered the temple, and the spirit of the Lord, the service was so full of God's presence that they couldn't preach, they couldn't do anything, they just sat in the presence of God, okay? Wouldn't it be electrifying if we had more services like that? Where the presence of God, the anointing of God, the Holy Spirit was so strong in here that we couldn't do much of anything but just bask in the glory of God. Now, that's, you, you can not only do that here, you can do that in your home, you can do it in your car, you can do it in your bedroom, all right? Because wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's that freedom to be able to do that. You got the Spirit inside of you. And even when you don't know what to do, the Spirit interprets our groanings so that God understands what we want to do. And God will see about you. God will visit. All right. I want to give you one or two scriptures so you can see it, if you will. I want to show you what David was like um, at one point in his ministry. I want Reverend Cameron to read 2 Samuel chapter 6, start with verse number 12. I want you to see how David felt when he got something that was connected to God. I want you to watch this. Watch this. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord had blessed the house of Obedim. Obedim. And all that pertaineth unto him. Now watch this now. I want you to get this piece here. Watch this. Because of the ark of God. Mm. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obedim into the city of David with gladness. Watch this now. And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. Hmm. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. Mm. And David was girded with a linen ephod. Mm -hmm. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting. And with the sound of the trumpet. Mm. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David. Watch this now. Michael Saul's daughter looked through a window and saw King David leaping, leaping. and dancing before the Lord. Mm. And she despised him in her hurt. Mm. Now get this now. We, we ain't going to talk about the hater right now. That's his, that's his wife. But what I want you to see is when the ark of the Lord came back into the city. See, the ark symbolized the presence of the Lord. All right? It symbolized the presence. So David went and got it. And when David went and got it, he sacrificed. But look at his posture before the Lord. Look at his demeanor. He was leaping and dancing and shouting. And I'm saying every time we enter this place, should we not enter his gates with thanksgiving and his course with praise? Okay. That ought to be our posture. That ought to be our demeanor. That when we come in, we are entering the presence of the Lord. All right. Here's another one before you look at. Watch this one here. Psalm 24, verse number 3. Watch this now. The psalmist asked a question. He says, who shall ascend 
into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? Now look at the criteria that the psalmist offers us for people that can stand in the presence of God. He says, he that had clean hands and a pure heart, who have not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Then he goes a step further and says this, he shall receive the blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. He goes a step and says, a step further and says, this is a generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. And that word there, Salah, means just to pause. But then he goes a step further um, in the verse, in verse 7 and says this. He says, lift up your hands, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. Watch this now. And the king of glory shall come in. Did you see that? Lift, your, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Watch this now. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. And then he says this in verse 10, who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Do you see what we need to do to have a God experience? Lifting our hands, leaping, shouting, clapping, standing, making a joyful noise. Can you imagine what would happen if everybody was doing some of those things in service? We, we, could, we couldn't handle it. Sister Taylor, we couldn't handle it. All right? Because when the presence of God comes in, everything else takes a back seat. Nothing else is important at that time other than to have that God experience. That's my prayer for us. So as we love, we grow, and we serve, you know, we ought to have more God experiences than just coming to church. All right? Sister Jones, that's what it ought to boil down to. We ought to want, we ought, listen, and it ought to be so good that you ought to want to come back on Wednesday. You ought to, we ought to want to be here on Friday. Because even though we're praying now, I can feel the presence of the Lord in this place now. All right? So I, I say that to us at some point because there again, we, listen, we don't want to just have a worship experience. We want to experience God in the worship experience. That's what we want. And the goal of our worship is not some... It's not an ecstatic, emotional experience, but the presence of God is what we really want, all right, which strengthens our soul. That's really what we want. We want to experience God because when you experience God, I promise you, you won't leave the same way you came, all right? You won't leave the same way you came. And I think since Cheatham, at the end of the day, for all of us, I would say this to all of us, and, and I'm sure, and I'll, I'll give uh, Reverend Chairman a, uh, Cameron a chance to, to chime in as well, but when you come in, sing like you don't care. I don't care if people hear me. Yeah, I'm off. But remember now, God is not worried about whether you're on key. It's the attitude of your heart. It's the attitude of lifting your hands. Now, let me just forewarn you, <laughs> and Mr. Cameron can talk a little bit about this. Sometimes people are going to look at you like, would you, would you stop? But see, you don't know my story. You don't know what I've been through. But most of all, you don't know how much I long to be in the presence of God. Come on, Reverend Cameron, talk at that for a minute. You, you said you don't know my story. Mm -hmm. You don't know why I give him glory. There you go. Some people go through things, and they just think about it when they're in service. And, and, and you, you whispering to your neighbor, look at him. It don't take all hey, that. Hey. You don't know what that man done been through. There you go. So let him praise him. You there need you to go. stand up and praise him yourself. A amen. You know, sometimes, and remember this now. The Bible says this, says Jay. The Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. So if you see me happy, you ought to want me to be happy. You ought to want to be happy with me. Reverend, what you, Reverend, what you shouting for? I'm shouting because the Lord is good. Reverend, let me shout with you because I'm going to say amen just as well. That's the way it ought to be. You know, and that's what this whole thing is all about. Now, here's the thing I, I understand, Sister Blanche Williams. See, I want people to understand this. 
See, we've got, to over, we've got to overcome this mindset of I'm doing this for other people. I'm not going to allow people to stifle my worship. I'm not going to allow people to stifle my praise. Because here's what I need people to understand. At the end of the day, I want, listen, my audience when I'm praising God is God. It's not man. So oftentimes, you have to get in your closet, okay? Have to get in your closet and start praising God. If you look at me, I might be looking at you with my lips twisted, okay, with a frown on my face, and you'll sit down, all right? There, there was a guy, and uh, you know, uh, used to be at Mount Moriah, Brother Booker. And sometimes Brother Booker would be trying to praise God, and people would look at him, and all of a sudden, you know, he'd put his head down or look the other way. But sometimes he didn't care. The minute you look away, he, oh, thank you, oh, you know, and he, because he wanted to be in God's presence. So my question to you is, will you allow other people to stifle your worship? Because remember, for me, listen at this now, and I hope you keep this in your spirit. I'm only doing what I do for an audience of one. All right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, all one. I'm doing what I do for an audience of one. What are you doing it for? Because when you start looking at it from that perspective, it changes everything about your worship experience. That's what it's all about. All right? All right. I'm going to have Reverend Cameron pray that last prayer that we have there, uh, and then we'll be ready to close out. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for our prayer service on to, to this, this evening, this afternoon, God. We pray and ask God that we have all been touched, Father God, in some way that we will change our worship experience and yes. we, will, we will worship you, Father God, without thinking about what others may think of us, Lord God. We will worship you, Father God. We will move in our seats, Father God, when we, when we feel that goodness that you, yes. you, know, you have uh, displayed and shown us, Lord God, when we're grateful for everything that you've done for us, Lord God. And so, God, we just ask that you would continue to instill in our hearts and our minds the unction to give you praise, Father God, wherever we are, regardless of what others may think or see. We just ask that you would bless us and keep us, Lord yes. God, as we continue to serve you and walk in accordance to your will. And so we thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to give you two other scriptures to think about, and I'm going to have Reverend Cameron read one with me. Um, uh, Psalm 150, um, and I'll have him just read verses, just read the entirety, Psalm 150. So I'm going to have him read that because I want you to see what the psalmist does when he enters the presence of God. Watch this. Praise ye the Lord. Mm -hmm. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Mm. Praise him for his mighty act. Yes. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Yes. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. There it is. Keep going. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Hmm. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Hmm. Praise him with the stringed instruments and organs. Yes. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Mm -hmm. Let everything. Everything. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Did you see that? So what the psalmist is saying is, he said, in, you saw the word dance in there. He said, make a noise. He said, praise God. He gave the reason why you ought to praise God. And he says, everything that hath breath ought to be opening your mouth. All right. Now, let me give you another one. So, Psalm 95. All right. Psalm 95. Again, kind of giving us some cues on how we ought to be praising God. Let me, let me read this. Watch this. He says, oh, come. Let us sing unto the Lord. There the word sing is. Let us make a joyful noise. That means when you come to church, you ought to open your mouth. To who? The rock of our salvation. All right? Then he says in verse 2, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. And there it is again. And make a joyful noise unto him with songs. Now watch this. Verse 3 tells us why. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hands are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is also his. The sea is his, and he made it. And his hands form the dry land. And then he says this in verse 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. 
All right. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is God, and we are the people of his pastor and the sheep of his hand. Now, here's something he tells us. Watch this. Today, if you hear his voice, see it in verse 7? Today, if you hear his voice, verse 8 says this, harden not your heart. You see that? As in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. So what is he telling us? When we feel the presence of God, when we hear his voice, we ought to be doing something. Clapping, acknowledging him, moving, all of the above. That's how we develop a worshiping spirit. So here's my question to you. Do you think you can do more in the service? Think you can open your mouth more? Think you can clap more, stand more, praise God more, and don't worry about anybody else? Remember now, all we're doing is we're worshiping an audience of one. If you remember that every time you roll in here to Sherry Jones, I promise you, your worship will take on a totally different outlook. Because I'm not trying to impress my neighbors. I'm not trying to impress the preacher. All right? I'm trying to get in God's presence. I don't mind lifting my hands. I don't mind standing. I don't mind rocking or moving. Okay? I don't mind bowing my head or making my head bob to the music. All right? I don't mind doing that because I want an audience of one to know that I appreciate him. All right? That's what it boils down to, Sister Celestine Lane. That's what it boils down to, an audience of one. Well, I hope that this has helped you on today. Uh, again, uh, for any of you that when you come in the sanctuary, there's always copies of this in the foyer on the table. You can always pick it up. If there aren't any left, simply ask. We'll make copies for you. Hope you've been blessed on today. FYI, again, uh, be praying that everyone that joined us last Sunday will be here Sunday. Be praying for that. And again, I can tell you right now, I've been hearing it all week. The buzzword in Saginaw has been the church in the park service. Okay, I've heard it almost every day from somebody. And to that, all I say is this, to God be the glory, because it's always been about him. All right, looking forward to seeing you Sunday, Sunday morning. Uh, again, uh, for life development, again, as we say back in the old day, uh, be there or be square, if you will. Looking forward to see you pray for us as we get ready for that day. Looking forward to seeing you. Be, be careful out there. Uh, COVID is on the rise. Uh, be careful. Again, uh, we appreciate uh, you being careful. Again, we do have masks available for you uh, if you come in the building. But be careful while you're out. People are getting reinfected. And uh, Reverend Cameron, it's interesting. The President of the United States said, look, I've been boosted twice, which means he's gotten multiple shots and still ended up with COVID, all right? So the shots can help us, but it, that virus is out there. So do the best you can to be careful. We're gonna do the best that we can as well. Be safe, make sure that you hydrate today. Be careful, it's supposed to be in the 90s this evening. The park is gonna be closed again today. Uh, again, we just wanna be safe so that you're safe as well. It's our prayer that God will bless you and keep you and we will see you, Lord willing, on Sunday morning. Be blessed.